Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. To get that off his chest, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't want my man putting head to pillow tonight. 
what I haven't said, his key. So, villain, talk to me about what went right, what went wrong yesterday uh, in the Meadowlands. Um, what went right is that um, – so that what went wrong was that the Giants' offense did nothing around – you can see I didn't say that anything went right because nothing went right. Um, listen, it was a tough game. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the offense failed Daniel Jones. Um, I usually give Daniel Jones a lot of crap, but, I mean, you know, when, you're, when you drop back about 37 times – and you're pressured 24 times, you, there's no way you can win that game. Um, even Saquon Barkley and, and Coach Dable said after the game that, you know, we failed. We failed them. We didn't play well around them, and you can see that. Um, first of all, I got to say, uh, prayers up to Sterling Shepard, um, torn ACL, done for the year, and probably his Giants career is, is pretty much done um, at this point. I don't see him coming back after he took a pay cut to come back to the team after Achilles tear. Um, very unfortunate for him. But, listen, um, give the, the Cowboys credit. They they won an ugly game, even though, you know, they played awful um, themselves for most of the game. They, they scored when they had to. Um, they're still an undisciplined football team. Um, not sure how far that can take them, but with three spots to get into the wild card, I like their chances. Um, we'll see what happens. But this is an ugly game. Uh, but the Giants, you know, listen, they can, they got they can come back. They can um, they got uh, the the Bears coming up. So um, you know, but all in all, listen, it. it I, I wrote an article about it on SportsCityChefs.com. I I encourage everybody to get on there and read it. But um, offensive line was terrible. Offense as a whole was terrible. The defense bent and, and didn't break, but they started to, to fold in the second half. And um, you know, the Cowboys made enough plays to win the game. You know what? It's funny you mentioned that because from my perspective, again, I'm not a fan of the team. Um, I honestly felt that both teams did enough to win the game and both teams did enough to lose the game. Um, And for Mm -hmm. me, I just felt as though the New York Giants didn't make the critical plays when they needed to, like the, the drop. That, that Kenny Galladay had, the, the, the Aaron Drop. misses that uh, Daniel Jones had. Um, you know, I, I felt as though even even as the Cowboys took that lead and you guys got the ball back in the fourth quarter uh, to subsequently go down and potentially tie the ball game up, I felt as though it was right there. Like, it, it, it was just out of reach. Um, you, you're just missing it, like, the, the curl didn't curl right, if, if you will. You know what I'm saying? And, so, and, 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 and that was the thing that was, you know, frustrating for me as as as, as a registered Dallas Cowboy hate, hater card member. Um, I, 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 I was hoping that with some luck that it would just work. Um, and it seems right. like um, no matter what you guys tried to do, um, and then we're like the 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 the, the pass interference call there, like on, on the big play, like what what the heck was that? Like it, it it just felt like you were fighting the Cowboys yourselves and the officials yesterday. And I mean, you can mm-hmm. you, you can you can overcome two of those three, but that that that, that third one is, is a trip. Mr. Harvey, did you see any of the game, and what was your thoughts about the Giants Cowboy game yesterday? 
Yeah, you know, uh, Daniel Jones made a couple throws down the field that kind of impressed me, um, but at the end of the day, they just didn't make enough plays. Um, you know, on the other side of the ball, I thought um, I thought both teams did enough. Like you said, I mean, I think both teams did enough to win and enough to lose. Um, I think that was a nice one-handed catch by Ceedee Lamb in the end zone. <clears throat> I think Cooper mm-hmm. Cooper Rush did just enough to keep that uh, that team in the game, and they were able to. I mean, listen, it could have gone it could have gone both ways. It was a tie game in the fourth quarter, and Dallas uh, Dallas was able to get points on uh, key possessions, and the Giants weren't. I mean, I mean that's really what it what it came down to. But it was uh, it was a fairly ugly game in a lot of ways to me. Yeah, uh, sloppy it, game, it, very sloppy game. Yeah, it was, it, very, it sloppy. was very, it was very sloppy. Yeah, and I, you know, I I still and I know, uh, you know, you can definitely say the same about the. Uh, I know you can definitely say the same about the NFC South, but I still think that this that this East is probably maybe not. You know, maybe maybe not, maybe the weakest division in the NFC. Uh, we'll see over the course of this year. But I, I just thought that this was not. Uh, you know, I, I did not get feel like that I was watching two really good football teams play uh, last right. night in this game. I say before we move on, I did want to get Greenwood in the building. Dylan, any of you talk to that? No, I mean, it, eight penalties by both teams. Um, you know, penalties killed the Cowboys in the first half. I think they smelled the Giants doom in the second half, and they didn't have enough to overcome it. You know, they went up 13-6, to six, and then the Cowboys mm-hmm. scored, like, 17 points in 10 minutes. Um, they had a critical drive, like um, you alluded to. Um, two, and I wrote it in my article today, two, two drop passes sandwiched by a, um, a holding penalty that, you know, got a three and out, and the Cowboys got the ball back, and, you know, it was all she wrote. So, um, you know, just an ugly game. But, you know, listen, they're a young team. Um, they got to learn from this, and, and, you know, hopefully they'll be better for it. And the Cowboys, listen, give them credit. They won an ugly game, two games that they needed to win, get to two and one, keep their, their season afloat until Dak gets back. Um, you know, they didn't have uh, Dalton Schultz. They didn't have uh, Michael Gallup. But, you know, you got guys like Noah Brown and company really stepping up. Tony Pollard really had a good game. Um, and, and, and that defense is legit. That defense is really good. They get yeah. after the quarterback. Yeah. They got a good secondary. Um, they, all three levels played really well. Micah Parsons didn't make an impact with sacks, but his presence on the on the field really – um, drawing chips, drawing double teams, really let Demarcus. Well, Lawrence, Lawrence went off pretty well. Yeah, yeah, he went to work on Evan Neal, and you know that's a veteran baptizing a rookie by fire. Greenwood, I'm gonna come to you real quick. Um, you know, we're talking New York Football Giants, Dallas Cowboys yesterday, man. What was your take on this ball game? Um, so I, I'm gonna kind of parrot what um what was probably already said and from what I've heard already, this was this was really two bad football teams playing against each other. <laughs> um, I mean, that doesn't mean the Giants aren't good enough to make the playoffs in the NFC because the NFC is trashed from top to bottom, it seems like. Um, but, I mean, not top to bottom, but top th- from number four to bottom. 
Um, so really, it's anybody like even even the the lowly Detroit Lions can, or even the Seattle Seahawks have a, a puncher's chance at making the playoffs in this conference. That's how weak it is this year. Um, I I don't. I don't really believe in the Giants in spite of their two and one start and last night did not really sell me on anything. It kind of reminds me of a worse version of the nineteen nineties Detroit Lions. An awesome running back with a questionable offensive line, a questionable quarterback and maybe a wide receiver in there, but they don't even have that really. Um I do want to see how the Giants' defense um, develops over the course of the years, over the course of the year, because um, they do have some really solid pieces. The Cowboys, I, I'm I'm really starting to wonder about the Cowboys. Like they're they're playing a very different game with Cooper Rush and um, and the game, but I always push the brakes until we see them in at least five games because that's when teams are going to start to get good film on them. And then we're going to start to see things go a different way. But at that point, Dak Prescott will be expected to be um, returning. They said as early as week five. So we'll, we probably won't see that from Cooper Rush, but I guess the question is if the Cowboys enter week five at four and one, do they keep Dak Prescott on the bench for Cooper Rush? You know what? You posed an interesting question. And, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I I, I said this last week, and I'm going to continue to say this. Like, if you look at how the Dallas Cowboys are playing right now versus when they played week one, now granted they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but, you know, the, 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 they're playing significantly better. And, and the thing is, if you look at their schedule, so they got the Commanders this week at home. Then you go on the road for two of your next three. So you go on the road in week five and play the Los Angeles Rams. And then on the road in week six, you play the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's keep it a buck, Okay. Um, I think Dak Prescott is going to be needed and required to beat the L.A. Rams and the Philadelphia Eagles, who are essentially right now the class of the NFC, depending upon, you know, who you ask. So I I don't think that – go ahead, go ahead. No, I agree with you. I just think that what Dallas needs to do is not modify that game plan a lot once they get Dak back, okay? Because Correct. just because you have Dak back and he's your franchise quarterback, he doesn't have to drop back and throw it 50 times a game. He should be able to make some throws and do some stuff that maybe Cooper Rush can't, and he should have a different level of um, explosiveness to him. But I still think for the Dallas Cowboys to be successful, everything's going to predicate off of them being able to establish the run and be physical. That's so, what they did with the I, I, Eagles I, I, both times they played them last year. They were they were able to out-physical them. And mm-hmm. so Dallas has to, you know, they kind of got in that in week one. They sort of got in that, uh, that they got suckered into that Dak-Brady kind of duel and dropped back and throw the ball and let's uh, go tit for tat here. 
and it didn't work out so well for them. So Dallas, even with Dak back, needs to have a similar game plan to what they've had the last couple of weeks is what I think. I, I mean, I, I actually agree with you, but, I mean, essentially, if you look back to how they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week one a season ago, granted, they had the horses for it, you know, they they did go tip for tap, score for score, and it came down to, you know, the last couple seconds. Dylan, I, I'll come to you. Uh, green That's still not the recipe for question. success, though. Well, I mean, I, I get you. Believe me, I, I get you, but... You know, Dylan, I'll come to you. Greenwood poses an interesting question. You know, when 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 that gets back, you know, just a just a recipe that they need to to keep things going, or do they or do you see them changing it up because you know the guy is back? I see them changing it up because Kellen Moore is an idiot. Um, I'm sorry, I I, I just don't see my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that? Yeah, I, I don't – I Kellen Moore does not – he he's playing Madden. He doesn't understand the flow of the game. He do, he's, he's forced to kind of limit his playbook, strip it down, and make it really simple for Cooper Rush. And I wish he would do something similar for Zach Prescott. Not saying that he can't do it, but you don't have to have Zach Prescott dropping back 60 times a game. When you have Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, like last night, going for 170-plus yards and a touchdown. Like, you know, get the offensive line going forward, push the pile, win at the line of scrimmage, and get the yards and, and win those ugly games instead of trying to score points and, and throw it in the air all the time. It's just Kellen Moore is going to be the, the downfall of this team. And I, I don't know where – everybody thinks he's the wonder kid. Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't believe you. You need more people. Like, this guy is not the best offensive coordinator in the game, and he's, I think, even though Dak Prescott co-signed him and got him the job, I think he's the worst thing that could have happened to Dak Prescott. And he won't get a head coaching job called plays this way. No, why would he? Why would no, he? but he was a guy a couple <laughs> years ago that was saying was the next guy. Exactly, and if like he was those... the next guy, they wouldn't have hired uh, Mike McCarthy. They would have hired him as the head coach. Yeah. Well, I think, the thing is, I, I, I think Mike McCarthy was a, a, a name that they that they wanted to hire, necessarily, not necessarily based off a of resume, but you and I both know this. Like, offensive coordinators get plucked off like Christmas trees before, you know, D coordinator or any other coordinator. And if, and if Kellen Moore is able to get this Dallas Cowboys team, who we all sit here and agree is devoid of weapons and, and talent on – on the offensive side of ball, he, he guided them, quote-unquote, to a two-on-one record. And we all pronounced last right on, on the Dallas Cowboys after that got hurt week one and they got smacked around the yard, you know, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If they managed to, to beat the commanders on, on, on Sunday, get themselves to three and one, and at least, you know, win two out of the next three, you know what I'm saying? Uh, either or either against the Rams, who defensively is not playing well, offensively is fluttering right now, and against the division opponent in the Philadelphia Eagles, you mean to tell me that Kellen Moore is not going to start raising eyebrows? And, 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 and again, to, 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 to Mr. Harden's earlier point, you know what I'm saying, I wouldn't really rush that back because if you look at the next two weeks after that, they got the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions, and then they're on a bye week. 
Rush, you know what I'm saying? So if Cooper Rush is able to navigate this shit, now I know that's going to be chopping out the bid and, you know, owner, head coach, team doctor, Jerry Jones is going to want to rush this guy back in there. But if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, and some things need to be, you know, hot-potted and not microwavable. And this injury to his thumb is one of those things. The sky's the limit. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't know, man. Greenwood, talk to me. How do you feel? Um, honestly, so I, I think that the, I don't, I don't believe that the Cowboys are going to win three of their next four games, to be completely honest with you. But with that said, if they did, you've got to play the high hand. You've, you've got to keep Dak on the bench. And I know that's going to be hard, and I know you just paid him a lot of money. But get him. Set him until Cooper yeah, Rush loses, I, I, until he, until that magic falls It's going to be out. how they win those games, though, Greenwood, to me, and to serious. It's, it's, it, if they win, I don't expect them to win the next Well, yeah, games. obviously, I, I if, it, them if, lose if, if the defense holds them to three points and Cooper Rush scores exactly. seven, then that's one thing. But I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that he plays, like, reasonably okay. Yeah, I, I mean, if Kellen Moore gets two or three oh. touchdowns touch a game, I, I don't feel like that makes him the hot commodity. And I don't feel like, you, you know, listen, if Cooper Rush is winning you games, yeah, you got to ride the hot hand. But I, I don't think, I really don't think Dallas is going to do that. I, I, it's not Tony Romo and Dak Prescott. I don't think they're going to do that again. I, I actually, I disagree with that because at the end of the day, it's not about how you win, it's, it's that you win. And right now, they're not smart enough to do that, though. That's what I mean. They're not smart enough. You and I I both are singing off the same sheet music, but at the end of the day, if they manage to win these ballgames, you know what I'm saying, with the talent that they have, like, listen, James Washington is not walking through that door anytime soon. And believe me, I know the man, he he, he drafted him, he he, he got all that. Michael Gallup is not going to make that big of a difference. You know what I'm saying? They are winning these ball yep. games, these ball games with with defense and and and, and, and hopes and prayers and, and capitalizing mm-hmm. on the inefficiencies of their opponents. Take your point. They're playing the Washington Commanders this week. The Washington Commanders offensive line is about is is is, is formidable as Swiss cheese. Do you honestly think that they're not watching film with the Philadelphia Eagles up to them last week? They're going to do the same damn thing. So they're more than likely going to win that particular game. Then, at the end of the day, it is what it is. But I, I, I honestly think that if they manage to luck box themselves in their couple wins, who knows? I just – I don't see it. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I just I, – I feel like Cowboy fans in general – are, are are smelling the air and they think Cooper Rush and we're back we're going we're going to the playoffs we take, you, you know and, and reality is going to hit him pretty soon it's going to hit him like a, a ton of bricks like you, the level of teams that you face when you face the the Bucks with one of the best if not arguably the best defense in the league you got your butt handed to you you just, you just face the Bengals who can't who can't block anything they can't block block sunlight. And, and and the Giants who are are, are they were two and zero, but nobody thinks that the Giants are, are going to make that many moves this year. They're going to be that they can't score, they can't block. Their defenses mm-hmm. then don't break. I mean, we'll see. I don't even want to belabor this anymore because it's just depressing. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. Call the number <laughs> here with the chef. I wanted to switch gears for a minute um, and talk about some news and notes from around the NFL. Um, for all intents and purposes, it looks like two attack about lower is going to try to give it a go uh, on, on Thursday night against the, against the Bengals. Um, he's saying that he had a bad gap, and I'm using quotations there because that watching him wobble around the field that way, it looked more concussion, but I, I digress. We alluded to this a little bit ago. Sterling Shepard, the New York Giants wide receiver towards ACL, uh, he's going to be gone for the rest of the year. And as Villain alluded to, uh, potentially uh, his Giants career is done. Mika Fitzpatrick of the Pittsburgh Steelers is in concussion protocol. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are practicing in Miami right now due to uh, Hurricane Ian um, about to break down on, on, on the city of Florida. Uh, Miles Garrett, uh, I posted this in the chat uh, earlier yesterday, was in a massive car crash. Um, looks like he sustained injuries to his shoulders and biceps. Um, also, there was a female conference with him that said that she is experiencing some type of head trauma. Um, these are a bunch of news and notes from around the league. Also, uh, the um, Cleveland Browns linebacker uh, is gone for the year. He suffered a torn MCL. Lions receiver Amon Ross St. Brown um, is looking like he is going to try to play through his ankle injury, um, but he's expressing some test results. Dodson Cook is listed as day-to-day. Um, so for those of you guys that play fantasy like we all do, uh, Madison needs to be somebody you look to pick up. Also, um, DeAndre Swift um, for the Detroit Lions is going to miss some significant time. So obviously, uh, Williams is somebody to look at. So a couple of news and notes uh, from around the NFL. Um, I wanted to switch gears um, and talk about patience or pasture. Um, this kind of little game I, I, I worded. Um, there's a couple of there's a couple of names that I wanted to uh, bring up to see how you guys felt about it. Um, and Dylan, I, I'll start with you first. Um, Kenny Galladay, man, he's a name that we that we brought up regularly um, around here in Sports City. Um, what, are we sending him out the pasture, or are we exercising patience with Kenny Galladay? I don't think he'd get enough snaps to be put out the pasture. I don't know if he can even do that. <laughs> you know, like, um, like what? I think. Listen, he's not he's not the Giants guy. Now, I saw a report. I, I take it with a grain of salt because of the account is the Giants local account. This guy always you know posts trash, and only think. The only thing he was right about was um, Joe Judge being fired, but he said Kenny Galladay and Kadarius K- Tony are on the trading block. I don't, I don't buy it, but I wouldn't be surprised because they're not Dable and they're not uh, Shane's guy, Joe Shane, the GM. So, um, listen, Kenny Galladay is a candidate to be traded just because they don't. I mean, at this point, what do you? Damn if you do, damn if you don't. Like, what are, what are we doing with this guy? So, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised. He's just not. He's just not a fit. Um, you know, and, and it's nothing personal. You know, he's just not a fit.
somebody's supposed to be talking? Yeah, talking. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and, and piggyback off of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with... <laughs> I'm going to go with patience, for, but not because he deserves patience. Uh, it's because he's way too expensive to cut. Um, I mean, right now you cut Kenny Galladay and you've only got a, um, you've only got a $3 million uh, bonus here cap. They're eating $17 million of salary anyway. You wait a year, it's significantly better for you. Um, you're only getting $6 million and get $13 million off that cap. So you might as well give him a shot to redeem himself. Maybe bring him into the office, kick him in the rear end. And, and I mean, especially with Sterling Shepard um, uh, taking an injury. Who knows when he'll be back. I say give him one more shot to save his career. Um, at this point, it can't really help you to cut him other than to get the cancer out of the locker room, uh, which I don't like, there hasn't been that many stories of him being a cancer per se. He's just not that good. Um, Kadarius Tony's the more interesting, um, question because when he gets the ball, he plays really well, but (laughs) The the number of opportunities he gets is, but he never gets the opportunity to. So that that's more of the intriguing trade bait, if um if you ask me. Right. It's not that he doesn't get the what? opportunity, James. He's never on the field. He's never healthy. That's yeah, the problem. He's never healthy. And, and I would agree <laughs> with you guys, but serious. Joe Shane just cut a linebacker off the practice squad, two of them, to make room for yeah. a wide receiver. You would think that, that Kenny Galladay would slide into that spot for to take uh Sterling Shepherd receiver spot. No, they're gonna try to get somebody else. They don't give two you know what about Kenny Galladay. They want him out of here. They would trade him if they could, right, but right. that tra- contract is tough to trade. Right. And it, it, it's funny. You better find another receiver. I, I, <clears throat> well, I mean, yeah, I mean I will tell you that, I'll tell you that. You know, I mean for for me and Mr. Harvey, I I'll come to you in a minute. Um you know, for, for me, I, I'm exercising a little bit of patience. And, and the reason why, I, 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 again, I can't quit this guy. I, I have a hard time quitting Kenny Galladay. Like, I, I reminded so much about what he did in, in Detroit. Like, the, the talent is there. You know, I don't think he believes in, 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 in his quarterback. Again, very many Giants fans and, and players do. Uh, I think this is something that's new. You know, Dable is coming in, you know, with a whole new system, a whole new regime, a whole new everything. And, you know, I, I think Kenny Galladay is in his head. Like, th- there was no reason why, you know, he, like two of those passes yesterday he, he could have caught. Like, the one was behind him or whatever the case may be, that's Daniel Jones. But two of those passes yesterday, two of those targets he, he could have caught. And and the one that we're all thinking about would have definitely changed, in my opinion, the, the outcome uh, or, or the outcome of that drive. I, I really believe he would have been able to make that guy miss and get up field and keep the chains moving. But, um, Mr. Harvey, uh, 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 are we exercising patience or are we sending Kenny Galladay out the pasture? I think, I think we have to be – you have to be patient unless you can pick up another wide receiver that you really like, especially 
No, I, I think my answer to this question would have been different um, without the Sterling Shepherd injury last night. But at the end of the day, you need guys that can make plays down the field. You're going to have to, even if Saquon is really good, in order to keep people honest, you're going to have to uh, be able to uh, get the ball down the field, get vertical in the passing game. And I think Galladay is still a guy on this team that can make plays down the field. And so unless there's another receiver that you can trade for that you can go get your hands on, um, as much as Giants fans may not like to hear it, I think you have to be patient with Galladay right now. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what, Greenwood, I mean, not Greenwood, but Mr. 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 Bones, you know, I, I think you may be on the island by yourself, my man, trying to get rid of Kenny Galladay, and I don't appreciate it. Oh, we can't. You know what I'm saying? We can't. Nope, <laughs> nobody's going to take the contract. Nobody, nobody, controversy's right. It's a $4 million signing bonus, and then it's 11 to $12 million against, no, $13 million against the cap. Nobody's going to take $13 million, yeah. 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 So, Actually, so serious. Here's, here's, a, here's a question for you. Second round pick Talk for Kenny Galladay. It, your Steelers are picking up the phone. Are you happy about it? Actually, I kind of am. I kind of am. Yeah, if somebody was throwing to him. Here's the thing about the Steelers. You want to talk about Steelers for a second. If we're making a call for a wide receiver, we're going to fix the wide receiver. That's one thing we do well. We do wide receivers very, very well. And so I think, honestly, if Kenny Galloway would have come into Pittsburgh, not, not that I'm saying I'll be, you know, making the call today, but if he would have come into Pittsburgh, one of two things would have to happen. Either, either Clay Bull would have went down or Deontay would have went down or Tavon Austin, our rookie, is not going to be able to come back. And I think that he would be able to at least, be another body. Like, we, we made a move similar to this four years ago when we went and got Darius Hayward Bay. Big body receiver who had a lot of issues, who was trying to find his way. He came into Pittsburgh and carved out a role for himself before he retired. You know, we're not asking, like, we, we, we wouldn't ask Kenny Gale to be the wide receiver one and, you know, break all these records and just do that in the third, but Make the plays when your number is called. Put yourself in, in the middle of an organization that has a propensity to get the best out of his players. Again, no better coach in the league, in my opinion, than Mike T. Maybe Bill Belichick, whatever case it be, but Mike T has always been able to squeeze the last drop of toothpaste out the, out, out the canister. And he's always been able to get the best out of players that people have given up on. So if Kenny Gallagher was coming up his brother, it's a tube, you know, bro. No, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's I, a tube, I, bro. I, I was following. Yeah, you know, I, the the words were escaping me. I, I I was on my preacher tip for a minute. I was on my preacher tip for a minute. <laughs> oh, I got you. Okay. Clouded by the pulpit. Um, I got you. Okay. You know, you know, you know. The next guy I want to talk about had two catches on, on, on Sunday out of six targets. He comes from your Chicago Bears. I'm talking about Darnell Moody. Um, Darnell Moody is a guy, in my opinion, who is, is a fantasy football preseason wonder. Everybody's talking about Darnell Mooney, Darnell Mooney, but unfortunately, 
There's a significant issue right now going on with the Chicago Bears offense. Uh, Justin Fields is struggling throwing the football. On Sunday, he threw the ball 17 times, completed eight of them for 106 yards and had two interceptions. Um, they managed to win the ball game through no help uh, of their offense. So are we exercising patience or are we sending Darnell Moody out the pass to Greenwood? I'll come to you first. Oh, this is pure patience. This It's not Darnell's Mooney, Darnell Mooney's fault that he's not getting the ball. It's entirely on several factors, including the quarterback, Justin Fields, who can't seem to um, – Stay poised enough to make to let that play develop to the offensive line, who's not giving Justin Fields enough enough time to let that play develop. Um, like it's not like that we're not seeing we're seeing somebody else on this offense really blow up, and Darnell Mooney just sitting there in in the corner crying. It's everybody on this offense is sitting in the corner crying. Um, so the problem is not Darnell Mooney. If if you get rid of him, you're going to be sorry when he's doing better with another spot. I agree, Emily. I think um, we knew that this Bills offense, I mean, sorry, this Bears offense was going to struggle this year. It's hard to stay poised when you're running for your life. I still think over the course of the year we're going to see some progression from Justin Fields, but we all said this going into this year. Um, can we see some measure progression, hopefully? But we know that the weapons aren't necessarily there, and the offensive line is terrible. And so we're not going to see uh, the typical growth that you would like to see from the first year to the second year. But um, the question is, over the course of this year, can we see enough from Justin Fields for the Bears to feel like, yeah, we definitely have our guy for the next few years? It's definitely going to present a lot of challenges and you know, the the hope is is if this guy becomes your franchise guy and you become sold on him, the hope is is that eventually you can look back and say that because of the line issues and other things, this may be one of the most challenging years he ever has to face um, playing for the Monsters of the Midway. But we'll see what happens there. Uh, but I do think uh, Looney has produced some, and so I I just think it's uh, it's too early to put him out the pasture. All right, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Dylan, I come to you, man. Darnell Moody, man. You know, are we putting him out the pasture or are we exercising some patience for him? Yeah, I mean, you have to exercise patience for him. I, I agree with – I can't believe I'm agreeing with controversy. I think I, think I need to – That's two weeks in a row. You got to that, life. man. I know. I need to reevaluate my life. But, I mean, listen <laughs> – um, you're, you're just you know, learning, villain. You're the learning. Bears off. You're, you're learning the guru no. from it's okay. No, no, stop, no. Stop. I'm the guru. You see how many views the villain gets on 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 our website? Listen, check the views. Here's you don't even get views. Villain started going to church and getting his life right with the Lord, so he's understanding some things. That, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Hey, I grew up in the church, man. I grew up in the church. And then yeah, you know, I took a break, and 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 I'm back. Yeah. Uh, you know, hey, I, I was singing in the choir with, with my twin brother. But listen, here, check this out. That offense is terrible. And, and But you need a guy like Mooney once you figure it out. It's really the offensive line. I think the, the, the coaching staff isn't, is ill-equipped to, to handle Justin Fields. The front office has failed Justin Fields. You traded up to get this guy. 
and you have done nothing to 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 develop them or build around them. It's a joke what they've done in Chicago. Uh, see you in see you in New York. But I mean, um, Justin Fields. He, if he is your future, you need to equip him with a receiver that can get it done. And Mooney's a guy that we've seen that can make plays and get it done. So I think they just need to build a full team around them. I love the running back um, that they got. I think he's a key piece. So I, I think as the running game gets going, I think he had 30-something points fantasy-wise uh, last week. Are you week. talking about Khalil Herbert? You're talking back. about the backup running back. <laughs> huh? You talking about the backup running back, Khalil Herbert, not 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 David Montgomery. Yeah, yeah but exactly. Herbert's been taking you, the reins you, in that for that team. Exactly. I, I I mean I noted it um last week in my fantasy um blog you know on my waiver wires uh, on SportsCityChefs.com. I mean he, he this kid looks like he's legit. So if you can get that kid going, it's gonna open up the field. You're gonna see, you know, eight men in the box. You can get Mooney loose. I mean, four points in fantasy is just not enough for that kid. So, but I'm saying, if you can get the running game going with Herbert and you you get Montgomery some touches, you loosen up the defense. Mooney can go off and, and have some some good games. So you gotta exercise some patience. Okay, so I guess I'm gonna be the guy that 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 goes against the grain. I'm sending this dude off the pasture. And, and, and here's and here's why. I think that as long as Justin Fields is the quarterback uh, of the Chicago Bears, and there is no commitment to putting the pieces around Justin Fields and, and joining that thing mm-hmm. successfully, that this dude's career is being wasted and and dying. You know, so. I don't think that he has the success that he ultimately needs to have to, for, 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 for us to say he is, it's a successful career while in Chicago. I think that if he's put in a different organization, uh, put with a different team, I would love to see him pair with somebody like Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. You know what I'm saying? So, so somebody, a quarterback who can understand and maximize his talent and his skill set and the offense possibly like in Kansas City or something like that. Um, because I, I do I do think the man can play. I don't think he can play in Chicago. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I, I think very few could play under the conditions that are currently in Chicago. And so for that, I think, you know, he needs to go out the pasture and go, and go find, you know, greener grass elsewhere. Call the number is 929 uh, the next guy I'm going to bring up, I, I, I'm going to come right where some, some, one of our chefs live. Uh, week one, this, this receiver had no receptions, no targets. Week two, this receiver had no receptions, no targets. Week three, this dude blows up for 105 yards. Uh, I'm talking about the one and only Trey Quan Smith of the New Orleans Saints. Mr. Harvey, this is your boy. Uh, are we exercising patience, or are we putting them out the pasture? Once again, I still think patience, and here's why. <clears throat> he doesn't have anything the first couple of weeks because that receiving core is a lot deeper now. I mean, he is at best WR4 on that team uh, when everybody's healthy because you have Mike Thomas, you got Jarvis Landry, and you have Chris Olave who are all getting significantly more snaps. And so then your next two guys 
are Marquez Callaway and Traquan Smith. So it is going to be kind of a hit or miss. You know, Traquan was out a lot last year. It's not a huge, huge contract. And Thomas and Landry both banged up this week. They said it's not serious and that they could be back to play in London. Uh, I do have something else on the Saints in a minute. But uh, w- listen, as as far as a a number four or five receiver, very good numbers last week. And I mean, like I said, just not targeted and just not on the field for a ton of snaps. Um, in the first two games And he does do other things Like he will block and do other things like that So uh, for right now I'm still uh, Plenty patient with Traquan Smith I'm uh, I'm happy with what he brings to that team You know what I'm going to go next on this one I'm actually uh, agreeing with Mr. Harvey here I do think that we may need to exercise A little bit of patience uh, for, for, for Traquan I do think that Um there's going to come a time where they, they really need him to ball out. You know, he, he, even though Michael Thomas is back, I, I, he hasn't yet played a full 16 for an assortment of games. I, I think Landry, honestly, is on the downward uh, trajectory of his career. I love Chris Olave out of Ohio State. Don't I can't believe I just said that. You know, but whatever. I, I love Chris Olave. I, I think he's going to be <laughs> the, the guy – um, who, who really takes this wide receiver room by by by, by, the, by by the horns and does something with it. But I do think Traquan Smith does have significant value. Here's the thing. I'm not a fan uh, of the guy pulling the trigger. You know, I haven't been a Jameis fan for a while. I, I think if they were able to get uh, more consistent quarterback play um, in New Orleans, I think that Traquan Smith's value both to the team and for us fantasy nerds would definitely skyrocket. Um, Greenwood, I- I'll come to you next. Traquan Smith, man, you have to have patience of putting him out the pasture. Um, so my opinion is slightly different. Um, I think that the Saints have all of the wide receivers they need and then some on the scheme. So I would say showcase Traquan Smith and try to sell him in the offseason. Either that or do the same thing with Michael Thomas. Find one of these pieces that you can sell and develop into more picks and upgrade at a, at a more desirable position. Um, or a, a thinner position that you're currently holding problems at. Obviously, you're not going to be a quarterback, but maybe some offensive linemen that you need um, a little bit of help with. That's kind of what my thoughts are. Um, showcase one of these wide receivers that's not Chris Olave, um, who's, who is the future of your franchise right now at the wide receiver position, and and make that sale. Um Traquan Smith, he could be that guy. Definitely could be. Um, but I would say um, patience until you can sell him. This receiving court was so thin last year that even though it's really deep right now, I think there's some reluctance to trade from it, though, because a couple of injuries and you thin out. <clears throat> we saw what it was like last year. 
when you didn't have viable weapons down the field. I agree. I think I, the I, fact that you're you're really trying to get Michael Thomas back to that level, you don't know if you can hold up a, a full season. You kind of have to keep Trey Smith and ride it out. But I think the the the, rec- the receiving core is deep. I like Alave. I think Thomas is going to get back to that level, and Landry is is a solid pickup. I think he's a fantasy you know sleeper at times. But you just gotta you can't you can't tell him and until you know for sure Michael Thomas can be healthy one hundred percent for a full team. I actually agree with you both there. I mean solid points. I, I, I think honestly at the end of the day, Trey Quan Smith does have significant value uh to 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 the Saints and, and I think that we need to go ahead and keep him uh and you know in the house and exercise patient. Uh, Harvey, I wanted to come to you next thing. You said you had a Saints uh, question. Uh, yeah. Saints topic, man. No, no, no. Not, not even a question. Like, obviously I've seen a lot of things on message boards and all this kind of stuff in the in the aftermath, and I need to really stop being lazy and write. Uh, but what I will say is I've seen several different things, and I've seen some people say this just isn't a good football team. I've just learned to accept it. Um this team has a lot of weapons uh, across the board. The defense isn't bad either. Um, eventually, if you can't execute offensively, um, eventually the defense is going to give up something every once in a while. Uh, this team has only run four running plays in three games in the fourth quarter. Um, so that tells you kind of how they've abandoned that at times. Uh, they are lacking consistency at the quarterback position right now. Um, and I'm not sure that it's b- because Jameis doesn't have the ability, but the man is hurt. Um, real quick history lesson, I'm going to go back 20 years for you, to 2002. The Saints had just come off a playoff win over the Rams, won their first ever playoff game in St. Louis. They come back the next year. Aaron Brooks, the quarterback, Aaron Brooks gets banged up. Okay? So, Aaron Brooks is didn't want to come off the field because that's how he got the job. A year and a half earlier, Jeff Blake got hurt, and Aaron Brooks came out and played well, and they had to roll with him, right, because he played such good football for them. So he didn't want to come off the field, and so Jim Haslin didn't let him. They played very unproductive, and then the next year was kind of blah, and then you had two subpar seasons, and then you had the Katrina season where things just went completely haywire. So Jim Haslam loses his job. In comes Sean Payton, the rest is history. But Jim Haslam didn't do what was – he had a capable backup in Jake DeLome on the bench who you know later took the Carolina Panthers to Super Bowl and that kind of thing. Uh, but he didn't go with him. He kept the starter in the game when he was playing uh, much, you know, and when he wasn't very healthy. And you could see that via his performance on the field. I think the same thing with uh, Jameis right now. Now, real quick before I wrap this up, Jim Haslam never got another co- uh, head coaching job in this league. Out of all the coaches that get at least second chances and whatever – and they get a chance to coach somewhere else, especially, you know, your resume. You just took a team to its first ever playoff win. Should be a pretty impressive resume. But I still think that move is something that came back to bite him. And so now he's coaching in the XFL. So uh, when I look at 
Dennis Allen, I look at the same thing. Uh, I'm not saying that the guy that I'm about to mention is a world beater or anything else, but Andy Dalton is a very capable backup. Jameis has these fractures in his back. He's got something going on with his ankle. I just think that you upgraded that quarterback position uh, on purpose because you did not have any depth last year. You had a semi-pro playing. You had a, a gadget guy playing. And then you had a book playing, which luckily they closed. So uh, it was very, very media, mediocre quarterback play for the Saints last year, and they still came in the game of the playoffs. So same thing this year, man. I, I just think Jameis is not healthy. He needs to be for him to be able to perform. This is a huge year for him. Uh, but I, I think you got to go with Andy Dalton until Jameis is healthy. And then you you play Jameis down the stretch, and I think he does have more arm talent and can make some throws that Andy can't. But I do think Andy Dalton can uh, capably distribute the ball to guys on that team. And I, I just think right now, as bad as it is to say with Jameis' health, uh, that I think that the offense would be a little bit more consistent with Andy Dawson under center until Jameis can get right. And if Dennis Allen doesn't watch himself, this is going – I mean, you know, uh, once again, I point back to the cautionary tale of Jim Haslam. So you need to understand the history so you don't repeat the same mistakes, sir. I think that's very, very well said. And, you know, the thing is, you know, looking at how the Saints, you know – Affair this this year and kind of looking about who they have coming up. Um, you got the Vikings, Seattle, Cincinnati, Arizona, Vegas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Rams. Like you got Murderers Row until you get to your Week 14 bye. Um, so essentially, you you may be on to something as to you know playing you know a, a healthy and reliable Andy Dalton, who, again, is a very formidable backup in this league until your your QB1 gets right because literally you got the Vikings, which is not a layup. I mean, I, the Vikings are, are a formidable squad. And then you got, you got Seattle. And then you got some, some dogs. And, you know, the thing is, like, offensive line-wise, you, the, the – the Saints aren't really doing well, and you got some guys with some pass rush. You know, you got the Cincinnati Bengals, but with their front four pass rush, you got the Arizona Cardinals um, with you know JJ Watt and, and and you know Simmons and whatnot. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Rams, San Fran, Tampa Bay. Like, where is it going to let up at? You know, you got after your bye, you got you know the Atlanta Falcons, and then you get right back into it with the Browns, the Eagles. And you close out your season with the Carolina Panthers, so this can get ugly really, really quickly uh, for a team that you know essentially has playoff aspirations um, if they don't, if they don't get back right. Call the numbers nine two nine four seven. If you don't go with Jameis, if you don't sit Jameis down, he's never going to get right this year. Yeah. I mean, again, and I, honestly, I agree with you. I really haven't thought about it in, in, in that way. And it, it, it kind of, you know, circles back to when we opened up the show with, you know, while talking about Cooper Rush versus Dak Prescott and in Dallas, you know, obviously Cooper Rush is playing, playing well. Dak is trying to rush himself back from injury. Jameis Winston right now is playing through injury and is not, you know, looking right and is literally becoming more, 
of a hindrance and not a contributor uh, to the efforts to, to, to get into win columns. You know, again, Andy Dalton has been around the block a couple times, um, and he definitely knows how to navigate uh, an offense. And I don't think that he's ever really had the assortment uh, of weapons, you know, outside of, of a, in a season or two in Cincinnati that he has at his disposal. Like, the case can be made that the, that, that the Saints right now have one of the, you know, best wide receiver rooms in football. You know, when you start looking at Olave, who is, is, is a budding star, Michael Thomas' resume speaks for itself. Landry's resume speaks for itself. You've got Kamara in the backfield that I think that he's currently being misused. I, I never thought of Alvin Kamara as a between-the-tackles guy. Uh, you get him on the outside, get some bubble screens and things of that nature and let him use his skill set to his advantage. Like, I don't understand why they they, they use them in the manner in which they did uh, a week ago against the Carolina Panthers. But I, I digress. Uh, Villain, I, I'll come to you, man. You kind of hearing what uh, Mr. Harvey kind of laid out, man, the, the New Orleans Saints, uh, give me give, give me a vibe on, on how you feel about them going forward. I mean, they got some injuries, right? Kamara's not healthy. Uh, he didn't play very much. So, um, you know, the defense is still pretty good. Um, I think Jameis just has to take care of the football. If Jameis doesn't try to do too much. It just stays within the offense. And I'm not saying he needs to be a quote-unquote game manager. I always hate that term. But I think he just needs to take care of the football and not and give his, his team a chance not to lose the game. You know what I mean? I think once he, he does that, and you obviously have a, a good running back to hand the ball off, so I think the team will be fine. I, I really still think that they're a playoff team. Probably not going to win the division, but I still think they're uh, in, a good, in a good place to get to the wild card. I think they um I, I, I I'm scared for for the Saints. I I'll be honest with you. I, I think that they are are in a position now where um I don't want to say it's win now, but I mean there are no layups if you will on on the on the on their schedule for for a while. Like they got the Vikings which again you really got to Seattle's the only one. Seattle's the one you look at and you should win. I mean, like that's well, exactly. The, that's the one. And then, and then, then the rest are coin flips. You know, I mean, they they do have that Seattle game. These next two games, I think, are at are at home. No, no, yeah, I think they're at home. No, they're not at home. So I know Minnesota. Minnesota's on the road, and then you know Seattle's at home. That's in then, London. That's in London. Yeah. That's in London, my fault. Matter of fact, your your next two games are in London, right? No, 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 no. So the Minnesota game is in London, and then the Caesars Superdome, that, 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 that's at home, and then they're on the road against uh, the Arizona Cardinals at week seven. That's a Thursday night ballgame, which should be interesting to play. Um, before we get out of here, guys, I, 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 I wanted to kind of take your temperature – on some, some some something that surprised you from from week three and something that you know concerned you from week three and I'm going to give you a plug and close out as we get out of here Greenwood I I'll come with you something that surprised you 
in week three and something that is concerning you that you learned from week three? So um, what surprised me week three was the Miami Dolphins. Um, I guess it really shouldn't have because obviously the MVP of all time, the greatest player of all time is on that team now. But um, I'm done with you. I'm done with this guy. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't look too good when uh, Tua had to come come out of the game. Yeah, so. Yo, we um, can't make it through a show without him mentioning that guy. We cannot make it through a show. We've been doing this thing for almost five weeks now, and every show he's been on, he's mentioned that guy. <laughs> look at what look at how he coached Tua. That's all I'm saying. He, stop, he's stop. Oh my he's god! Oh my god! god. Cap, Remember cap. what he looked like last Cut. year, and then Tay Bridgewater comes into the organization, takes him under his wing, <laughs> and teaches him how to become a real boy. You know, like turn his mic it, off. It's just great how how <laughs> turn his mic off. Exactly why I don't like agreeing with this guy. Unbelievable. Um, But no, the Dolphins actually I I was not expecting much from the Miami Dolphins this year Mostly because of who they had at quarterback Tua Tungvaloa did not really show that much In his first couple of seasons in the NFL And usually, you know, that trend line Tends to continue with quarterbacks And you don't see a massive jump in year three Like you do in, in other positions like wide receiver or tight end. Um, usually when you're looking at quarterbacks, they they show something in year two that makes you really excited for year three. The team I'm concerned about is the um, is the, um, the Los Angeles Chargers. This was a team that I had pegged for the Super Bowl. I'm not going to lie. Um, and they're not showing the promise of the talent that's on this team. And yes, I know Herbert's hurt. Yes, I know Keenan Allen's hurt. Um, but teams that win championships either never get hurt, which is very few and far between, or they find a way to get a get around their injuries and the Chargers are not doing that. Um, whereas other teams are doing that, which is in my opinion, a coaching issue, not a talent issue. And I think it's a part of the game that people forget about. It's why the Steelers happen to be knocking on the door of the playoffs every single year, regardless of what their talent looks like. It's because of coaching. Um, and there's a reason why Mike Tomlin's one of the more tenured coaches in the league because of that. Bill Belichick, same thing. Um, they learn to work around their injuries, not be crippled by them. And the Chargers are not doing that. The thing that the thing that shocked me about that particular Chargers thing was not the fact that that they lost, it's how they lost. They just got outworked. Like Dougie Peterson yeah. took them out to the woodshed and beat them like they stole something. Like now, and this is this is no shade against the Jacksonville Jaguars because we sat here on this very network and said that the Jaguars are going to be a problem. Um, you know, this year I I just think that when you got that many first and second round draft picks and, and 
you know, at some point, you know, that skill set's going to ring through. But it was the fact that they just didn't compete. Like, they just beat up the the, the, the Chargers. Now, I, I'm not going to really feel sorry for the Chargers because I think that this week they, they, they get back right because they play the Houston Texans. Um, so I, I think they get themselves back right. But yeah, I, I can't I can't be mad at that Chargers pick, man. Go ahead and give us a plug and a plug out as we get out of here, uh, Greenwood. Um, check out the Sunday morning brunch with TP Timeless. I usually go in there about the time when they make the NFL picks. So if you want to hear my picks for the coming week, including against the spread, which is something that's new this year, never really used to do that, but doing it this year for every single game. Um, 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check it out right here on the network. Later. Peace. Thanks for stopping by, Greenwood, man. Definitely check out the, the morning brunch with P.P. Thomas, Mr. Harvey. Those two guys get in there and do a great job uh, kind of getting the table set for your Sunday morning feast, if you will, of uh, football. Uh, Mr. Harvey, I'm going to come to you next, man, a team that, you know, impressed you in week number three and a team that has you scratching your head. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll give you teams. The uh, The biggest surprise to me is the story that we bantered around on the message board uh, in our chat yesterday that, that I swear I want to go in on, but we don't have the time, and you didn't <laughs> give us that opportunity. So I do want to say, I do want to speak on that. But, um, you know, we all talked about going into this year. The AFC West being by far the best division in football, right? And they may still be, but newsflash, ladies and gentlemen, the team that I said, could, the division that I said could be the worst in football this year, Went three and zero against the AFC West this weekend. Uh, we had the Raiders losing to Tennessee. Raiders had me scratching my head at zero and three. This is a team that people thought was ready coming off their playoff victory last year. Titans won ugly. They finally got. I mean, listen, if the Titans are going to win, Derrick Henry's got to get things going on the ground, and that's what happened. Happened. Uh, Indianapolis, who really had me scratching my head, big win for them. They're showing that they're still going to be relevant. And then Jacksonville, with the injuries and whatever, I'm not surprised that they beat the Chargers. I'm surprised that they did it in the fashion that they did it in. So one like one-sided and just so dominant. Uh, 38 to 10 is a beatdown in the NFL, right? Like um, that's equivalent of maybe 58 to 10 in college, right? Like that's that's sizable. That's significant. I mean, they whipped them from pillar to post, from stem to stern, however you want to point it out, uh, this past weekend. So, big kudos to them. And I'm not letting the, anybody in the AFC off in the AFC uh, West off the hook. That Denver offense, they scratched out a win against Houston. They eked out one in a very boring Sunday night game. Um, but they're quarterback away, right? So they get their quarterback, and their offense still looks anemic. Uh, so go get your iron pills, go get whatever you need, uh, make sure you get some good protein or whatever, uh, Denver offense, because you're supposed to be in a mile-high city, and you're supposed to be able to put some points up on the board, and that offense ain't barely getting off the ground. It's barely even – it's a hoverboard with bad batteries right now. So uh, that that's the uh, the biggest disappointment 
uh, to me right now is the product that we have seen so far um, out of the AFC West. Uh, big kudos to Jacksonville, as I said before. Um, and then, listen, the other thing that these are still early returns. I said this in the barbershop a couple of times. But the two quarterbacks that people really pointed to at the beginning of the season said they got a lot to prove this year. Those two young quarterbacks that both spent time in Alabama, one of them finished at Oklahoma. Uh, but Jalen Hurts and Tua Tonga Vailoa, they're both 3-0 and to start the season. It's a lot of season left, and so we'll see uh, how the narrative ends. But at least the uh, the forward, if you will, and the introductory chapters of both of their 22 seasons have all started off with uh, with glittering reviews. So we'll see how the rest of that uh we'll see how the rest of that book goes. Uh stay tuned. All right. Thank you so much, Mr. Harvey man, for coming by. Oh, you Together want this plug time. real quick? I'm sorry, my bad. Yeah, go ahead. yeah, go ahead. give us the plug real quick. Yeah, no, so he mentioned the brunch, man. Check us out on Wednesday nights, too, the Cars Cookout. We got the uh, free-for-all, football free-for-all on Tuesday nights. All these shows, man, all kinds of articles on our website, too. Check it out, sportscitychefs.com, Finger Foods, blogs, articles. Come click, support every click is uh, much appreciated. PHI Apparel, uh, that's phiapparel.co for all your Philly clothing needs. Come on, Eagles are 3-0. and Buy the gear, support the Eagles, man. Uh, chefs at checkout, 15% off. Barbershop on Clubhouse, man, 13,000 strong and continuing to grow. Not only do we have uh, rooms throughout the week, we have rooms during college football on Saturdays, rooms during uh, all the NFL games Thursday night primetime, all day Sunday, Sunday night, and Monday night games as well. So come join us, be part of the uh, family, the barbershop family on Clubhouse as well, man. Uh, shout out to TP Thomas. Without him, I wouldn't be here, man. Join us on the Sunday morning brunch, man. Much respect to all the chefs, man. I'm just glad to uh, I- I'm just glad to have a place in the kitchen, man. Much love and respect for y'all. And les les bon temps roulés. Peace out. <laughs> that shit never gets old. <laughs> never, never. I love, I love when he does that, man. Shout out to Mr. Harvey, man. Definitely what he said, man. Check out the barbershop, man. I, 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 I need to get myself back in there, man. Tom is eluding me. I need to get myself back in there, man. It, it's fun when I'm in there, so definitely check them out on Clubhouse, man. It, it, it's always fun when barbershop. Villain, man, a team that that shocked you and a team that had you scratching your head, man. Talk to me. I mean, I'm going to make this quick because the Yankees just won the division, and I don't want to talk too much. Um, you know, yes, these guys talked enough. Listen, Brave's um, gonna I'm going to go. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to punch him in his throat. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a player. Um, I'm going to go with a player instead of a team. Um, Lamar yeah. Jackson. Put some respect on his name. Everybody, stop stop talking about he's good. Oh, but he can't do this. Oh, but he's not. Listen, Josh Allen can run the ball. Nobody says he. Oh, he's a running quarterback. Lamar Jackson does it, and he can't get his money. Pay the man his money. You're gonna. You, you know what? Yesterday's rates aren't today's rates, and today's rates aren't tomorrow's rates. The Ravens screwed themselves. This guy's gonna get the check. He's gonna get every bit of that money guaranteed. He's on pace for 68 touchdowns. Kiss it. Kiss the rings. Kiss the rings. And listen, uh, disappointing Raiders. I mean, 0 and 3. Uh, Devontae Adams, Carr's not playing good football. The defense is terrible. The offensive line is a joke. It, they have failed to build it's an offensive Derek, line bro. around. Yeah, they failed to build an offensive line around uh, Derek Carr. It's a joke. The Raiders, um, you know, they're in a, for a world of hurt. They're a disappointing team. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know any other team that's more disappointing than them right now. So, 
Uh, but listen, get to the website, sportsuitschefs.com. Um, you know, I, I put up two articles today, two in one day. I got Mr. Harvey, I got Sirius, and I got Greenwood. Don't write no damn articles. The villain is working. I'm working hard for that money, honey, bunny. Get to the website. Read the articles. I'm waiting for you, Mike. Please give me something on, on SEC football. You know I love that stuff. You know I love when you talk in that LSU talk. Give me something. Uh, Steelers talk is coming. I know Sirius' finger foods is coming. I know you have more time to stew on that. I'm going to try to do a finger food. I was out of it last week. I had family issues, so I didn't really get a chance to do one. I really don't want to talk about the Giants and the Cowboys because I hate the Cowboys. But, you know, listen, the, the people need to eat, so i got to feed them finger food. So get to the website. Steph's villain is out. Such a pleasure to be here with you, Villain, man. It's so fun doing this show with you, my guy. Uh, a team that impressed me um, week number three, uh, unfortunately, i, I got to go with these Baltimore Ravens, man. Like, it, 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 it hurts my soul as a Steelers fan, but it, I, I can't sit here and, and ignore it. I mean, what, what these guys are doing offensively, it's some kind of special, man. Um, I, I just can't ignore it. And the team that had me scratching my head are the Kansas City Chiefs. There is no excuse for you getting beat down the way you got beat down on Sunday to a team that was 0-1-1. You know, defensively, um, you was able to, to, to kind of bottle up Matt Ryan. Uh, Jonathan Taylor really didn't get loose uh, as much. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, you, you, you didn't have a, a decent game. Um, and the thing about that particular game is you had them stop, you know, on third down in a personal foul call from your defensive lineman. Uh, kept a drive alive and you ended up losing the ball game. So, with that being said, I'm not going to hold you guys too long, man. Definitely check us out. Get to the blogs. Get to the to the website, man. We're on YouTube. Finger food is coming in hot either today or tomorrow. Um, I got to sit down and you know compartmentalize my thoughts and kind of you know really get out what I got to get out, man. There's going to be a lot, man. I got a lot on my heart about watching what took place on last Thursday night. So I got to. I got, as TP would say, I, I got to tell them, I got to tell them how I feel. I got to tell them that, how I see it. With that being said, man, tell a friend, tell a friend, it's the chefs again. If they don't know, now we know, man, we out. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs. Kaboom, Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports City, Sports City Chefs, you chefs. Uh-huh.